Hey, Rob, I was hoping you could uh, host the podcast today. You want me to host? I was scheduled to record with Jessica. She set up a Zoom meeting and everything, and um, she's 33 minutes late at this point. So I just thought you could jump in and host and interview me. Um, yeah, I guess I can do it. Is do I? And you don't actually have to pretend to be Jessica for this. Okay. You, you can just play yourself. That's great because I'm not a good actor. <laughs> do we know who we're talking about? Did you have a plan? Um, are we doing Swartzen's birthday? What are we doing? I was thinking we could do Kato Kalen. I mean, that's a pretty big story. Yeah, Kato Kalen. I mean, we're like about the same age, so Kato Kalen is like uh, that's a a big thing. And you continued the relationship with him. Okay. Well, uh, I appreciate you jumping in here to guest host last minute. Yeah. Let's have some fun. I was about to go run errands with my wife. And so now I'm just going to text her and blow that off. If I wasn't a celebrity, would you be so nice to me? If I didn't have cheese like every day, would you still want to be with me? If I couldn't buy you diamond rings and all those other expensive things, would you be so into me? Welcome to Jessica Interviews Matt about celebrities he's encountered. I am Rob Bazzini filling in for Jessica this week, joined by the star of the show, Matt Hausch. And Matt, what's up? Hey, uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Super excited to be here. We're going to talk today about somebody you and I met together, the same night anyway, Brian Cato Kalen. B-R-I-A-N-K-A-T-O-K-A-E-L-I-N. Mr. Kalen, is Cato your middle name? A nickname. Is that what people call you instead of Brian? Yes. You a little bit nervous today? Feel great. (laughs) (laughs) But Rob, uh, for our listeners that aren't familiar with you and your work, maybe do a little introduction. Yeah, I should probably give context for why I'm here. Well, I know you because I worked at a management production company that was always looking for new talent. And we used to have this thing called like Friday morning talent meeting. And the assistants and the managers would all go to this talent meeting and sort of pitch either video clips or just talk about somebody they had seen at UCB or at a comedy club that week. And either myself or another assistant had seen the the Nickelback video and we brought it in. Look at this photograph. Every time I do it makes me laugh. But I was like, these dudes are hilarious. And one of the managers was like, sign them. And I was like, what do you mean sign him? I'm not a manager. He's just like, just get a hold of him. Do like, <laughs> just do something. And then I emailed you guys. What's the scene in that room when you're playing photograph for the first time? Pretty widely well received. I remember there was one assistant who was older than most of us who was like, I just hate the sound of this guy's voice. It's Kyle Ulteth. Kyle Ulteth. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've seen other videos that they've done. Like, it's not his voice. He's, like, doing a bit. Oh, yeah. The person who was, like, sign him is still a huge talent manager and has a lot of big clients. And he's really well respected. And he was the first person in the room to be like, well, you should be in business with these guys. And there was also, like, a time where I think they kind of thought I might shift to management, which was not something I ever really wanted to do. But I think they were sort of, like, pushing me in that direction and thought maybe you guys would jumpstart me doing that. And I was just like, I don't know. These guys just make me laugh. I just I just want to hang out with them and see what their idea of a TV show would be. So you only showed the Nickelback video, and our meeting was only based on the Nickelback video. Well, after that, I went and watched everything that was online at that point. It's funny. A lot of people will... They love the Nickelback video and then they see our other videos and they're like, oh, you guys actually don't do anything else like this. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, that video had, I don't know how many views it had by the time I saw it, but it had been around and people... Yeah, College Humor it featured us and that was like the first video I ever uploaded to College Humor. And then we were on their front page and then we heard from you not too long after that. But all that to say is that wasn't the reason I think we were even interested because when we saw who the characters were, because you don't really get a lot of context for the characters off that video. Right. When we kissed, I also grabbed her boob. Back then we were both 14. I guess I grabbed a 14-year-old boob. So when we started watching the other things, the other videos, we were like, oh, well, there's something here. We didn't know what it was, but we knew there was something. Yeah. We're like, well, let's bring them out and see if they know what it is. And so you really, you changed uh, changed our lives. If it hadn't been for you. Don't hold it against me. Clicking on collegehumor.com. And, uh, and my kids have now watched all the videos and... My kids will now say, somebody kidnap that kid. <laughs> hey, kidnap that kid. Somebody kidnap that kid. I remember when we met with you and John, and we went out to lunch, and John was like, so uh, I'm sure you guys have been getting a lot of interest from other management companies and agencies. And we were like, nope. <laughs> so <laughs> it was... Uh, you guys were nothing if not modest. It was definitely like kind of out of nowhere that Mosaic took an interest, and Mosaic was like, you know... If not the biggest, like one of the biggest management companies. Yeah, for sure. Especially for comedians. Well, yeah. I mean, when I started there in 08, they repped Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Adam McKay. Judd Apatow was probably like the hottest writer-director in comedy. Sasha Baron Cohen too, right? Sasha Baron Cohen was there. This is my wife. Let's get into uh, the celebrity encounter. Yeah. Do we need to give context for Kato Kalin? I think he's come up on a previous episode. He might have come up. Yeah, Jessica didn't know who Kato Kalin was. We have Kate Callen. Is that how you say your name? It's Kato Kalen. Oh, Kato Callen. Kato Kalen. Kato Kalen. Yeah. You don't know Kato Kalen? <laughs> I don't know Kato Kalen. If you're much younger than us, you probably don't know because I was a senior in high school when the verdict of the O.J. Simpson trial came out. Yeah. But Kato Kalen was like, I mean, at that point, most famous for being O.J. Simpson's house guest because he was sleeping. To- oj's house the night of the murder <laughs> i would still say that kato is still most famous for being oj simpson's house guest kato kato oj's house is now kato's home kato live with nicole rent free oj say live rent free with me and what was your arrangement with the defendant concerning how what kind of rent you'd be paying him to stay at his place on rockingham I, I offered rent, and OJ said he didn't want my money, and that was it. But he was just like this blonde-haired, like, surfer dude who kind of had that kind of, like, L.A. look to him who didn't seem to know anything yeah, or really provide any real information. And what happened next? I, I gave him the money, and he said he was going to get hamburger, and I said, can I go? You invited yourself to go with him? Yes. And what was his response to that? Sure. You seem real excited to have you come. <laughs> Sustained. Wouldn't you? <laughs> and I sort of remember him being on the stand for like three days. Cato spent four days on the witness stand this week, making it the longest job he has ever held. It's hard to 
really explain to people that didn't live through that time. I think people get the like the O.J. Simpson trial was a phenomenon, but just like how famous Cato Kalin was. Easily the most talked about man in the nation, Brian Cato Kalin. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Welcome Bill, aboard. Bill, what, what? before you go on, there's a lady who literally gave Cato a standing ovation. <laughs> that, if I may say, that is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Jealousy is an ugly thing, Gary. <laughs> on a level of fame that like Monica Lewinsky reached. Sure, that's a great that's a great analogy. Just yeah. like famous for this weird thing that like you would never expect to be famous for, but every single person Every single person in America knows who you are. I think he was an actor or wanting to be yeah. an actor. Did you think it might be advantageous to you to stay with the defendant and get to know him for your acting career? I, I didn't think that. I never asked for anything. So I was hopefully getting things on my own. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going for the same parts. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Let's just give a quick timeline. 1994, O.J. Simpson may or may not have murdered his wife and Ron Goldman. He, there's no way he did it. There's no way he did it. A jury found him innocent. <laughs> That's right. We're not here to play judge and jury. We're here to just talk about what happened. So then 95, I think the verdict happens like roughly October of 95 because I remember sitting in economics class and they let us listen to it on the radio. Barbara Walters is with us again from Los Angeles and she has been sitting with Cato Kalin waiting for this verdict to be handed down. Barbara? Well, let me ask you something. You did tell me when we did an interview that you had come to an opinion from your own experience, was your opinion the same as a jury's? I, I think on, on this day that my opinion it doesn't really matter on my opinion. I didn't expect you to answer me. I just thought I had to ask. So let's fast forward to this birthday party. Was that 08 that we go to the birthday party? It would have been 2009. 2009. You could sort of tell me how we ended up there because the, the way it started was you called me like either day of or day before and you were like, do you want to go to a birthday party with me in Hollywood? And I was like, yeah. And then we got there and it was a pretty crazy party, like littered with celebrities. Yeah. Nick Swartzen invited me to his birthday party. Yeah. I got a Facebook message from Nick. It was like to his friends in the area. And one of the people, one of the people copied on this invitation to his birthday party was Cato Kalin. And I was just like, what? Like, how are you guys friends? Yeah. Why is Cato Kalin going to be at this party? And we go to, uh, is a bar in Hollywood. Spanish kitchen. Spanish kitchen. Wow. Good memory. And then we walk in. I still remember one of the first things I, I'm like, oh my God, David Spade's here. And I still think take the hit is like one of the all time great HBO stand-up specials. And so I'm immediately awestruck by him. And I'm at this point, I'm at Mosaic. I see a celebrity almost like every day at this point. There's constantly people coming through for meetings. I've seen John C. Riley come through. I've seen Michael Keaton come through. But I still remember being super taken aback by seeing Spade. Hmm. Swartzen comes up to you immediately. I remember he's like, have a shot of tequila with me. This bottle of tequila is like a $100 bottle of tequila. It was some, something like that. I remember what I tell people is like each shot was $100. That's what I thought he said too. But then I was like, why would he waste $100 on me? Like you're his friend. <laughs> like, but. <laughs> he is very drunk and generous yeah. at this point already, I think. Which it was, I feel t felt terrible because it was totally lost on me because I'm just not, I don't really drink hard alcohol. So I was like, this could be amazing or this could be awful. I have no idea. <laughs> Remember they had a photo booth. And we were taking pictures up at the photo booth with random people. Uh, my friend Christy was there, who's also a talent manager. And we were talking to her for a little bit. 
But then at the end of the night, we're leaving, and you had pictures, and you had a picture by yourself with Kato Kalin. And I was like, wait, where was Kato Kalin? I don't even remember meeting him. So how did that come about? You didn't meet him? I didn't speak with him, no. Do you remember seeing him there? Only because you told me you took a picture with him. I don't. <laughs> as vivid as my, as my memories are of seeing Christy and seeing the lady from 30 Rock and Spade and Swartzen, my recollections of... Cato being there, hazy at best. I don't like what do you like. I'm trying to think. Would I have said big fan? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, man, I I loved your work in the O.J. Simpson trial. Yeah, Uh, I don't know what your in is on that. I thought you seemed very believable on the stand. Like, good job. (laughs) But uh, he was like one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. Probably super positive. Super friendly. So, uh, yeah, we've, I've got some pretty legendary photo booth photos of just me and Kato Kalen. And then do you broach the idea of doing the Bloomington Bros video with him that night? Are you like, let me get your contact info? Are you on MySpace? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so how, how does that come about? <laughs> great question. I just looked up our conversation. So this is from December 8th, 2009. Hey, Kato. I met you a while back at Nick Swartzen's birthday party. I know this is a long shot, but I'm writing to see if you'd be willing to make a quick cameo in my web series. It's called The Bloomington Brothers. We're featured regularly on Funny or Die and College Humor, and we're even developing a pilot along with our management company at Mosaic and the good people at Funny or Die. Here's a link to our videos. It would take about 10 minutes to shoot. Wherever is convenient for you. We were hoping to shoot at Ross's house in Miracle Mile, but it could be anywhere. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this. It was so great to meet you at Swarty's B-Day party. Okay, so that was December 8th at 6.15 p.m. At 6.43 p.m., less than half an hour later, he writes back, When would you need me? 2 p.m. Friday is good right now. (laughs) K-Train. Well, I mean, like, I think that what's interesting is, like, he was busy enough that he's like, I can give you this window. Like, it sounds like something that, like, a CEO would, you know, a CEO's assistant would give off their schedule. Like, I'm looking at the whole week. He's got 15 minutes on Friday, (laughs) too. Like, he was very specific about his availability. That's true. Yeah. So then he shows up, and have you told him, do you tell him at any point what the entire sketch is about? Should we give context for what the punchline of the sketch is, or do you want people to go watch it? Um, The Bloomington Brothers are in Hollywood. We're playing Ding Dong Ditch like we would in Bloomington, but now we're upping it and we're playing Celebrity Ding Dong Ditch. Okay, let's go. You ready? This is illegal. It's not illegal. It's different with celebrities. This isn't Kyle Ludstedt's house in Bloomington, okay? This is, this is L.A. Look, no one's going to see us, okay? I thought of everything. I'm taking off my jacket anyway. It's got my name on it. Trust me, they're not going to see us. We disguise ourselves under big sheets of sod so we can hide in his front yard undetected. Oh, there he is. There he is. He wasn't even home. This is perfect, now we know he's home. Get down. He wasn't even home. Stop talking. Talk about, like, pitching the sketch to him and how much information you did or did not give him. He was up for anything. He didn't ask a lot of questions. He was just like, yeah, whatever you need. We filmed his half of the conversation first, I think. So we were just like, we're going to show a phone call later. So we just needed to say these lines. Google, say just the city and state. Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Hollywood, California. What business name or category? Kato Kalen cell phone. I'll connect you. And we're like, say, hey, hello, or hey, K-Train here. What up, K-Train? Kato? Hey! And then say, who is this? Who is this? OJ. We did not tell him that OJ was part of the punchline. I later sent him the sketch 
I said, hey, Cato, not sure if you ever saw this video you helped us out with. It's up to almost 10,000 views on YouTube so far. Thanks again so much for making an appearance. You were so great to work with. And then he just wrote back, guys, love it. Bunch of exclamation points. I'm on fire, exclamation points. You're on fire, exclamation points. Best, Cato. And then, and then uh, I never heard from him again. So positive. So I don't know if he actually ever saw the sketch. If he did... Or if he didn't, he just said that he's on fire and that we're on fire. And uh, I felt encouraged by that. What is there any other takeaways you have from that day? Or I remember the takeaway from that day being how you could 1 million percent see like, yeah, sure, you can stay in my guest house. Like, you're the nicest person. <laughs> like, of course, I would let you like stay as long as you want. You're so nice. You give like so much just like constant positive feedback. I would love to have you around at all times. Yeah. He also did like a shout out for us. He wore my letter jacket. Hey, man, it's me, Kato Kalen. You were watching the Bloomington Bros. Yeah, it's their web series. This guy's rule. Minnesota rules. Minnetonka. You're using the outtakes. Yeah. There's an outtake video for that. Yeah. Oh, that one. Rob, you're such a, such a Bloomington Brothers fan. I love it. I mean... Almost as big a fan as my kids are. <laughs> Do you want to talk about other other things from that night? The vibe of that night was I think we were just so happy to like be out and like seeing all these people. It was such a great time. It was such a good atmosphere. I feel like we should tell the story of you asking 30 Rock Girl to take a photo. I don't even remember what I said. Katrina Bowden. Uh, Sari. Sari. And she was at this party looking as beautiful as she does on 30 Rock. You need to wear a bra. Oh, no, I I, I don't actually. They kind of just stay up on their own. Um, By the way, I mean, December of 09, my wife would have been pregnant. So maybe I was just like excited to like be out for a little bit. And I was just like, I'm taking full advantage. I'm talking to everybody. I'm taking pictures with everybody. Like, I'm going to have a baby in seven months. I'm never going to go out again. So I might as well live it up tonight. <laughs> she was just hanging out near the photo booth area. And I think I just dared you or something. This is your chance. Sari digs you. Excuse me? And she's upset with her fiance. Sari said she would do it with you. Well, that just makes me perspire. You were just real fearless about it. Like, yeah, I'll go ask her. I would have been too nervous. To be honest, I'm shocked. That I did it. <laughs> also, we had known each other for a while, but not that long. And maybe I was like worried that if I didn't do it, you were gonna be like, "This guy's supposed to be helping us get a TV show on the air. He won't even go talk to somebody who's in the cast of Thirty Rock. Like, what's he good for?" So I was just like, "If he's asking, it's not no skin off my back." Right on. So I probably just after a hundred dollar shot of tequila, which I've never had since, I probably was <laughs> a little more fearless than I would normally be. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> Tell Liz I left, okay? Oh, and if you want to tell those guys upstairs that we made out, it's all right with me. But at this time, um, I guess for me, I felt like I was in and kind of on this rocket ship to fame. Did you feel the same way for your own career, or were you still like, I'm going to wait until the check's in the bank? Mm, no, I always put the the cart before the horse. I had been working in LA for like seven years at that point. After four or five months in LA, I had a part-time job in the president of the NBC studio's office. And I would get to go to table reads and I was becoming like close with all the assistants and some of the executives at NBC. So I probably at that point, I was feeling like you, I was like, I'm gonna get another assistant job off of this. Then I'm gonna become a development executive and then I'll parlay that into a producer deal. And then the sky's the limit. Yeah. And then like, 
every job you take, you manage your expectations a little bit more. And I think by that time, not to put this all on you, this is on me. The Bloomington Brothers was kind of a do or die thing for me. Like that show was either going to happen and I was going to get a promotion at Mosaic or it wasn't and I was going to quit and become a stay at home dad. And ultimately that's what happened. But, you know, I'm just one of those people, I'm I'm generally pretty optimistic. So everything seemed possible in the moment. And I didn't really think about the odds of what may or may not happen. But also like hindsight being 2020, it's like, well, it was better that we did it that way and like took a shot. You guys made the pilots and pitched the show. And then all you can do is put your best foot forward. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I mean, do you guys, do you talk about where you guys pitched the show? Did you guys go to four or five places? Um, we went to MTV, Comedy Central, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network. But this was also like just before like the streaming boom. Right. Or a couple of years before. Yeah, that's the funny thing is, and I have this talk with a buddy of mine who's a writer on American Dad now. We kind of laugh about how like something that you wrote 10 or 15 years ago that got like shoved in a drawer would almost definitely get made today. Yeah. Because it was probably good enough at the time, there was just no outlets for it. Yeah. Like there, and then you look at like a Netflix or a Hulu. Like I think Netflix since spent seven billion dollars on original programming last year. But then I look at it and I go, well, then there's a reason it didn't happen. I always, even when I got into entertainment, all the other assistants would be like, oh, we're going to drinks tonight with the assistants from like whatever agency. And I would always be like, I just want to go home and watch TV. Like you guys, we're here for like 10 or 11 hours a day. Like, yeah. like I always was way more focused on having a family. Yeah. And so maybe I just wasn't as motivated to like hit the stratosphere in entertainment because of that. Or maybe I just never really wanted it the way some other people do. Like, I just think there are people who are built for that. And then there are people who are just destined for a different path. I feel bad sometimes thinking about like, oh, I guess I wasn't built for that. And I, I want to be built to be this like invincible person that maximizes all of my energy to be the most successful person that I can be. And uh yeah, let's like, play the Chappelle game <laughs> let's say that like you, the Bloomington bros got on Comedy Central and you had like a workaholics type run and you you made a bunch of money off of it do you think ultimately you'd be a happier person um yeah it's hard to say because I I think once you're in that cycle too you just like always want more and nothing is ever enough or maybe it's like nothing would have happened after that and then I feel like that's a tougher life to live. That's yeah. That's when you really hit bottom. Yeah. The thing of it is, is like you guys did a lot. Like you, you had, you were creating content. There's a lot of people who show up in LA. You've watched American Idol auditions or, you know, some of these reality shows where people just show up and they're like, I'm the best, I'm the best dancer. I'm the best singer. I'm this, I'm that. And then they can't hit a note. You guys were clearly very funny. You had a vision. You did the work. It was just like, was a thing where there wasn't uh, an avenue for you guys to get it out there at the time. Yeah. Ten years later, it might have been a, a different outcome. Did you watch the Nexium series on HBO? No, what's that? It's about the uh, cult started by Keith Raniere that Allison Mack was also a part of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Anyways, Keith Raniere is the cult leader, and he's a scumbag and a horrible person, but there's a part where he, he says, like, you know what they say the definition of hell is? Is that definition of hell, which I've come to love. 
which is? Oh, I thought you knew. <laughs> the definition of hell is you on the day that you're going to die, mm -hmm. how you are, meeting the you you could have been. Mm, but I think about that a lot. It's just like, oh man, if I had just worked a little harder or done more, or stuck with something more instead of just like flailing around trying different things. But I think you can get caught up in that no matter what what you're looking at or, or what you're thinking about. I remember I moved to, I don't even know if you knew, I moved to LA when I was like 18 the first time. I didn't know. And then I left and I went back to college. I moved to LA for like nine months and did stand up. You just thought uh, after high school, you were like, I'm not even going to do college. I'm just going to jump right into LA. I was never a good student. And so going to school voluntarily seemed insane. But I didn't really have a plan. I had had in high school, I'd had a local public access show that I made. It was like a, a sports show, but we were also like trying to be funny. And we would go to like the local high school games and we would shoot highlights and shoot interviews. And like, yeah. you know, like one game we interviewed my dad uh, before the game and he like told me how he thought the game was going to go. And I was like, I'm not looking for analysis. Like, I just want money so the show can keep going. Like, you know, I, and I would... Just do silly stuff like that. And so my mom's boss said, oh, well, he should go audition for this uh, drama school in Southern California. They're having auditions. I was like, yeah, like this is why didn't I ever think of this? And so I auditioned and I got into the summer program. And then I saw like how hard it was for for people there to like not get caught up in the just living in Hollywood of it and actually do the work and actually like do scene study. There's so many distractions when you're just living in LA and it's easy to just daydream and not do the work. And I think that for a lot of people, that's ultimately what ends up happening is you just don't do the work. You guys did the work. Like you guys were trying. I wasn't like sitting down at a desk writing every day and trying to come up with a showcase set or anything like that. I was just kind of like aimlessly drifting along you guys like had done a bunch of work back home and you guys came out and you did more stuff created more content put together a really good pitch and then it just didn't happen so it's you can't have failed it's not a failure like I can say that I failed because I never really tried that's not the case with you guys you tried your best it just didn't work out I appreciate that I feel like we could have tried more though I mean the girl I was dating at the time has like an Emmy now from Master of None, the people in our orbit were on their way and we were at a level where had we stuck around, could have uh, maybe got a show eventually or something, but. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I you can correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we have a conversation like kind of towards the end of all the pitches where you were like, if they don't buy Bloomington Brothers, I'm just leaving? Yeah, and I that's how I felt at the time. But like looking back, yeah. it's just like, oh, well, the other avenues I pursued haven't been like terribly fulfilling. We're back with Kato Kalen. This is 20 years, hard to believe, 20 years ago was that famous car chase. Do you ever regret it all? Uh, you know what? I can't, I can't answer something because I can't go back in time. So I don't go try to live the past. I can only do things for the future. And I always try to make the future better for me and for everybody else. I can only answer what's going to happen. And that's what I do. I can't answer past. I just, I move forward. Now I've got this podcast, which is, this is one of the top podcasts of 2020. It's yeah, on a lot of the totally. year-end lists. All my friends talk about it. <laughs> All the parents at the elementary school, there's a big email chain about it. Yeah. And it keeps getting forwarded around. Well, I imagine now, like when, now that they know you're on it as a guest host. Yeah. 
that's just going to really go viral among the parents. Also, I think I don't think people realize that I've left entertainment. I'm now a realtor. So really the only reason I agreed to guest host is because I'm going to put this on my real estate website so people can listen in. And I think I should probably have my own show on Bravo or HGTV by the end of the month. That would be my guess. Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. Um, <laughs> I did just send Cato uh, a message on Instagram with the Zoom meeting link. So we'll see if he pops in. Oh, seriously? That would be hilarious. And uh, who knows? I mean, I, I didn't know you'd be showing up today. You're really inspiring me to want to do my own podcast, though. I just don't have a good idea for what it would be. Yeah, I, re- I recommend it to anybody. It's been a good exercise for me to just, like, put myself out there, like, my authentic self and, like, be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then also just be okay with, like, people not listening to it. Sure. I'm making the podcast that I would want to make, and that's uh, a joy in itself. And that's when we started the Bloomington Brothers and when Ross and I started doing videos in general, like there wasn't even web videos. So it was just like, we like doing this and it was like fun to show our friends. And so that's how I'm approaching the podcast. It's ultimately up to all of us to decide how we're going to prioritize and whether it's like, I'll put the rest of my life on hold until this happens. Or it's like, well, I have this relationship. I have this other thing. I'm going to climb Everest and then I'm going to come back and get my movie made. Whatever it is, I think everybody just prioritizes differently. And that ultimately determines like how you land where you land. Yeah. Do you feel like you, I mean, once your kids get a little older and you've got more free time, like in the back of your head, are you like, oh, I'm going to start like hitting up some open mics again and... No, I I really enjoy being a realtor and it's a really good job for what I want to do, which is ultimately like spend as much time with my family as possible. Yeah. Well, no, it's great that uh, when people can be content with (laughs) their lives, I mean, that's that's the goal. But don't don't get me wrong. I don't ever like go back and go, oh, I wish I would have taken that opportunity a little more seriously. Like I do stuff like that all the time. But I think like. Are you 40 yet? Yeah, I just turned 40 in September. Uh, So I'm 42. I don't know if it's something about my 40s, but I'm just like, maybe in your 30s, you still think you have a window, but in your 40s, like, you're like, I think this is pretty much what it's going to be like. It might vary 10% in either direction, but I think we've got ourselves on a pretty steady highway now. Yeah. Ultimately, I think I tried my hardest in as many situations as I could, and I think you did too. Coming up, we'll talk about his overnight celebrity, and I was right close to seeing that. Plus, Tato will answer some of your questions. We'll be right back. Hey, Fred. Ever since this has been going on, and uh, your career's launched big time, huh? Well, I, I, it's the same career. I don't know what, what uh, career you're doing, but it's something where I, I've pursued. I never wanted to be a doctor. I never wanted. To, I always wanted to be in show business, Fred, so I stuck with that goal. That's cool. Had I gone for that other goal and, and uh, got the taste for it and said, you know what, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to get into showbiz. Then I would have questioned it, but I, I never changed my goal. It's always been the same. Do you think it would have launched as quick if this wouldn't have happened? Or? Well, I guess probably not. I, I don't know, but I know that my goals haven't changed. I remember your name coming up for an audition and asking you about it, and you're like, I don't really want to audition for other things right now. I just want to do Bloomington Brothers. Did I not do the audition? Let's see. That's crazy. But it was for something terrible. This was for like a show on Spike TV. It was like a reenactment. There used to be a show called like A Thousand Ways to Die or something. Yeah. It was one of those. And I called you and I was like, hey, would you want to go do this? It's like one day and it pays this. And you're like, no, not really. (laughs) 
I'm kind of proud of myself for do. I don't remember that at all. I'm proud of myself for yeah. saying no, but also I'm like, why wouldn't I do that? That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, I was on Mansers, which was on Spike TV. That's right. Do you uh, remember your UCB 201 grad show? Yeah. I do remember you being the standout from that show. And I remember, because it was a Herald, one of the suggestions was like greeting cards. And you did a bit about getting somebody a divorce card. Okay. Like we're getting, <laughs> hey, we're getting divorced. I got you this card. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember laughing so hard and other people got like tense about it. And I just remember thinking that was the funniest thing. <laughs> Uh, thank you. And I'm, uh, so touched that you remembered a specific bit that I came up with in improv. That's, uh, that's what my brain is filled with. I don't have any useful information in my brain. Um, this just in, Kato Kalen wrote back to me and said, thanks for thinking of the K train, then a train emoji and says, can't do, but always my best to you. Exclamation point, exclamation point. I mean, I don't know that there's a better guy than Kato Kalen. Yeah. I think that's the, the crux of this episode is just super genuine and positive love him good man that's why i never i never lost it never went off the deep end i never never ever forgot who i was and if people only knew how humbled i was then they would realize like all right he's a pretty good guy do you do anything to wrap it up usually is there anything you want me to like ask you to lead into the ending i ask you if you think kato kalen is on cameo so rob do you think that kato kalen is on cameo.com i'm gonna say yes he is and you, do I guess how much it costs? Yeah, so you are correct. He is on Cameo. We want to wish you the best Christmas ever, Tammy. Everybody loves you. Kato Kalen said, you know what? Call me Kato Claus. All my love. Merry Christmas. That was from the mistletoe. 14 kisses. Bye. And so what do you think his going rate is currently? I'm going to go with 19 bucks. Oh, you'll feel bad about that. It's $60. Really? Yeah. Well, so I'd seen so many people reducing lately. Yeah. I can totally see 60. I'm sure he gets tons of people. And he's got a five-star review. So I might have to buy one for this episode. Get it for Jessica or something to be like, Jessica, you should have should have been there. Why didn't you show up? Yeah. yeah. But I'm actually really grateful to Jessica. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Jessica, thank you for not coming to the Zoom call so that Matt would think of me to host because this has been a ton of fun. I'm probably going to start a podcast called Superstars Rob Knows from uh, Hollywood. <laughs> no, but thanks. Thank you for thinking of me, man. This is like so much fun and it was great to catch up with you. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on last minute. I guess at this point, like I texted Jessica at 3.15 and I was like, are we doing this? And she has still not replied. So I hope she's not dead or in the hospital or something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I hope she's okay because she seems like the type of person who doesn't miss appointments. Do you think she's watching the 49er game? <laughs> I'd say that's a very slim possibility. Almost 0%. Okay. So thank you again for doing this and inviting me on your show. It was so good to have you here. I'd love to have you back sometime. <laughs> and uh, say hello to the family. We'll do. Let's do it again. And thank, your, thank your children for uh, watching our vi old videos. New generation of fans, baby. <laughs> Couldn't buy no diamond rings Still wanna be with me If I wasn't a celebrity, yeah Hey, kidnap that kid!